0: hi there welcome to shrink chat this is the companion show to our main podcast terror talk my name is shannon and i'm joined every week by my friend kathy on this show we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up it's a bit looser so hang out and welcome to shrink chat Hi, everyone. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy, and the noise you hear is Kathy playing with her Rubik's I Cube. I finally broke it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I broke hate... it meaning
0: she'll never get it back.
1: <laughs> I I can look it up online. I've been just sitting here. and not... I can
0: look it up online. Look at that, kids. <laughs> but I'm not going to, but I've been sitting
1: here, what, since my birthday in October, not wanting to ruin this yeah, perfect Rubik's Cube. it was cube. part of her gift. But I just, like, ripped it off like a Band-Aid right now. It's just my now. OCD just... Didn't allow me to, liked it, just done. But now I get to work on it. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's no longer perfect.
0: No, it's really not. You want to make make some more noise or?
1: No, I just needed to do that. I felt like I needed the space to do it.
0: Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Now I get to work on it. It was totally unexpected and I'm really proud of You're you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so we've got trivia. Are you ready with the trivia? Yes, I am. Okay. So let's let's rip that trivia band-aid off
1: so last week thanks everyone for not replying Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna forgive you it
1: was a thanksgiving holiday i know that's the only reason why you didn't care (laughs) hashtag make
0: kathy happy (laughs) yes yeah okay
1: so the question was which actor yeah um was known for one of the original molds for the halloween mask um cool it's william shatner really yeah so wait, wow. It's William Shatner's face.
0: Who's the mold for? Wait. Michael Myers. Oh my God. That would have been really cool if someone knew that. Maybe that's why nobody answered. I thought that
1: was a really easy one. Most most hor- Halloween buffs, like movie, the movie Halloween buffs, know that.
0: Well, maybe, yeah. I mean, the numbers show that people listen to the show. So maybe they just didn't know. Where
1: <laughs> in the hell
0: were you? She almost said the F word. I could tell. I You're did. I just so close I to stopped. saying what. I W two F.
1: <laughs> if you look up, guys, look at William Shatner mask. Halloween, nineteen seventy eight film.
0: It's just right there. All right. Well, Google's your friend.
1: So it's been rumored for decades that the mask is the mur- the murderous Mike Myers worn Halloween film was actually based on William Shatner's face, and just and not just Shatner's face, but a Captain Kirk death mask created for Star Trek. Whoa, what? Boom. There's the bonus piece. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> That's pretty cool. I like that trivia. Kathy. All right. Here's uh, my next one. Okay. So, yes. What do we do now?
1: Well, you know what? I have to find a, a post for this on our Instagram. This is where we're going <laughs> so to put it, actually. I'll tell you where to put it. I'm going to tell you where to put it You're going to put
0: it. Okay.
1: Okay. If you go to our Instagram...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I would like, I would prefer mm. for you to go to the post that Shannon posted a few weeks back at the San Antonio International Airport. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Shannon, do you want to describe what that is? So people yeah, the know?
0: post is, um, the location is in San Antonio, and the post is, um, they have Day of the Dead uh, figurines uh, everywhere. So I took a photo of it, and I thought it was topical, and I put it on our Instagram.
1: So you're going to go there. hmm And the question is, if someone can name the first known horror film ever made, and bonus points if you give us the director. Okay. Which should be pretty easy, because it'll probably show up with the movie. You'd think. <laughs> um We're talking old. I'm talking like silent film guys. Like, yeah. The first ever known to be made. Give them some context. Yeah.
0: all right, cool. There's your question. On the uh, Day of the Dead. De las Muertes post. Cool. Good. Good, good, good. So uh, it is the week after Thanksgiving. You have all had time to recover. If you, you, um, many of you are overseas and do not celebrate Thanksgiving, unless you are American transplants, I guess. But in the United States, we just had Thanksgiving, which is a time to be grateful. Um, it's also a time mostly just to eat this fakakta turkey meal that we've all been eating since our <laughs> small childhood. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. All of a sudden, that was what it was. It's not my favorite meal. So it's never I mean, I ate my meal, but I don't gorge like That's the other reputation for Thanksgiving is that you eat a bunch and you loosen your belt and you sit around and you just stuff your face.
1: I uh, am more into the wild turkey. The, okay. the whiskey i don't i don't need oh yes however there's. there's a lot of really really good for those of mm-hmm. you who are plant-based out there oh, gardeen makes a really good thanksgiving roast stuffed with cranberry and
0: oh wow did you have that I or did just... and it was really good and oh. now it,
1: d- it did so well they're actually starting to sell the cutlets also <gasps> you can get
0: it so well that's cool where would in the, the folks get that if um they if live you're in america <laughs> whole
1: foods gelson's or like some of the nicer ralphs or yeah. in
0: on the um East Coast that would be Kroger. Okay? Yeah. That's awesome. Very uh we just stuff. we just had the old huge. We had the turkey yeah. and the ham and the stuffing and potatoes and whatever else. So that's what happened last week. And of course there's a whole political bent we could get on Thanksgiving, which I'm not going to go down that road. Nah. Um But now it's over, and now we're cruising into uh, Hanukkah and Christmas. We are. Hanukkah's
1: real close to Christmas this year, too. I like when it falls together because they got a lot of friends who were Jews. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So especially in this area. So it's kind of cool when we get Mm -hmm. to celebrate together.
0: It is cool. And um, it's a lesser holiday in Jewish land, but Mm -hmm. certainly still celebrated. Um, I watched The Irishman this week I tried to get myself to want to watch it no, you didn't even push the button you, you
1: I, I watched like Netflix the thing pops up and then it gives you and I know it's a great cast and it's based mm-hmm. on this I don't
0: know I'm gonna have to push myself to watch it what'd you think yeah so here's what I would suggest I, I'm going to wa- listen. I'm doing the Kuklinski episodes. It's mafia. I figured it was get me in the mood to prepare for the episode that we did. That's fair. Um, so I thought, Hey, plus I, I do love the older Scorsese movies. I do love seeing uh, Joe Pesci after he said he was him. retiring and then they really, really had to talk him into this role. So yeah. there's some good interviews with Scorsese on some of the talk shows about that. Uh, so I wanted to see Joe Pesci, I wanted to see Al, I wanted to see Bobby, Bobby De Niro and the other peeps that are in that. But I also wanted to see this technology that they're busting out, which mm. is an anti-aging technology because the story is told in flashback. Right. So you've got the older guy, you've got Bobby De Niro um, being old-er um and you've got him reflecting and he's telling the stories and so the it flashes to when they look like they're in their 50s and they've used an anti-aging technology to achieve that and it's pretty cool it's pretty cool um they
1: did that with the Will Smith movie too and did he they? looked incredibly young and it's yeah I mean, not that he even looks like he's aged that much, but when they did that, you were like,
0: You could see the age. (laughs) They took the age off of him. You're like, oh, that's how he's aged. So I wanted to see that. And I, I have a problem. Maybe it's an OCD movie thing where I need to see the whole body of work. <laughs> so I can't I couldn't skip one. Um, I also know, you know, because it's on Netflix. Netflix was the only company that would give them the money to yeah. do this movie. It's in the
1: theater, too, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it was yeah. briefly in the theater alone. And then about a week after it came out, they. Uh, put it on Netflix uh, because that's who gave him the money. And I think it's perfect because it's three and a half hours long. Yeah. I so, saw that.
1: That was another, I went. Mm-hmm.
0: So my, my tip was that I, I mean, I don't, I didn't do it any differently, so I don't know, but one, I personally wouldn't see it in the theater, but Hey, you know what? Go for it. Um, that is to each his own. I personally wouldn't want to because of the three and a half hours thing. And because, this is a film that is slow and reflective and sad uh, and deals with grief and not only does it have a sad sort of reflective fe- slow feel to it um like a like a remembrance um if it's like kind of meta because the story has that and you're watching these actors that have done so much work together and this director that's done so much work with these actors, it's his, it's his troop. It's his acting troop really. And, so you're you know you're reflecting on that and all the movies you've seen before with them together they looking younger so there's that there you're reflecting on that plus the characters are reflecting plus you know it's very meta it's got all of that going on it's it's basically this they're the story is that they're speculating on the fate of Jimmy Hoffa and um, it's a speculation and that's the base of the story. So the other thing I would say is I watched it in two pieces. I watched the first hour and a half to two hours uh, in one sitting Mm. And then I watched the second half in another sitting. So
1: I I think that's how I would have to do it too.
0: Yeah. And the second half is certainly more um, kinetic or active than the first half. Mm -hmm. But I also, for me, it's more just about, um, it's again, it's got a meta feel to it. I just have to see those people doing that work together, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's not going to happen again. No. So that's what it is for me too. So I enjoyed it from that perspective, but I also like mafia stuff and they're great actors and it's got great, some great moments. Yeah.
1: I, um, binge watched
0: unbelievable yesterday, which is not really a binge watching show. (laughs) Shouldn't really binge watch that one, but I, I think I, I think I did it in two sittings. (laughs) It is and i I know I've already talked to you about this, and you had
1: said the same thing. The first two episodes are really tough to get through. They're mm-hmm. really heavy, mm-hmm. but it was really good. I had to push through it. I hate watching stuff on rape yep when they're it's when good. they actually show it and it's one thing if they're you get to see the revenge of it, then to me it feels a little bit more you know mm-hmm. it's easier but the the cast, the, first of all, Tony Collette and Merritt, what's her last name from Nurse
0: Jackie? I can't remember. yeah,
1: they're they're pairing as detectives in their relationship and but it also speaks it first of all, it's completely politically charged in the sense that clearly once the women step in and the nature of the the relationship with having taking these victims seriously and the amount of work that they put into solving this there was a clear distinction there i think between mm-hmm. the way that the male detectives handled it and guilted but it was done subtly mm-hmm. and what i really liked was um when the the male detective you know owns up to tony collette doesn't have this big political explosive moment and points out in his face how mm-hmm. misogynistic she just kind of goes
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was much more realistic. It was. I thought it was much more realistic and it's based on, you know, a book and a real life true, true crime. It's based on a true happening. Um, and we're actually going to do a full episode on it. We decided.
1: Yeah. So I I wanted to watch it just because there's so much, you know, I know we're, prepping the next few months here mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm that's the other thing is I'm working on Ramirez at a freak out moment because my computer did something and I've been working on Ramirez and I couldn't find <laughs> and I'm sitting there and yesterday was supposed to be a relaxing day I shouldn't have pulled out my computer at all, all right and I, I'm like okay maybe I'll watch a little bit more of this documentary and reload a little bit more but let me pull up my my info so far and I'm like <gasps> I could not find it. I almost started hyperventilating and there was something going on with my files. Thankfully, my office manager was able to fix my computer, but I was like, no. (laughs) <laughs> I had this like, because <laughs> guys, we put a lot of work into we our do. true crime series and as much My as we love e- doing it, but... it, we don't want to go back and have to read, because you know, we watch no, documentaries and we read books take and notes. and take notes and I was just like, ah! I had like a super freak out.
0: What the Unless <laughs> you think we're just pulling the information yeah. out of our butts. <laughs> yeah, or were that
1: just that good. We're just that yeah. fabulous. No, um, there's a lot of preparation. No, there's a
0: lot of preparation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to sort of make it somewhat sound like we're yeah seamless (laughs) which it doesn't always but whatever oh my god that's hilarious i've actually done that before where i've pulled up notes for whatever whatever the next thing Mm. was and like lost them inside my computer somehow and had to do you know 45 different kinds of searches to figure out where they are yeah and then lose them again and then (laughs) for sure hell it's not a good thing um I've I've been watching a lot of other stuff, of course, but nothing nothing of note. Uh, you know, certainly Christmas stuff. Um, certainly some series that I've worked on watching on. Um,
1: Lots of Christmas stuff. Have you seen the the Dennis Quaid the Merry, Happy whatever? It's like a series that's out right now. It's I've seen sitcom. it advertised. Yeah, I watched I, a couple of the episodes. It didn't Actually, look know one of the. <laughs> you know, I watched it just because I I was like, okay it's Christmas and it's it's a sitcom and maybe it's light. Mm -hmm. Um, it's pretty
0: bad. (laughs) It looked really bad. I don't know. I know.
1: I know one of the, one of the actors or actresses on it. I actually know her and I've seen, she used to date a friend of mine and I'm I'm like, man, you're so much better than this. So it's called Um, Mary,
0: happy, whatever. And I guess it's Mary, happy, whatever. And it's Um, Dennis Quaid produced it. And and it looks like a sitcom.
1: You know, it's one of those I fall asleep to. How about that?
0: It's a sitcom. I mean, that's kind of, you know, we don't have quote unquote sitcoms too much anymore, but that's right. what it is. That's right. Um, in my, my fall asleep stuff has been um, Anthony Bourdain. I, I love, I loved him and I've been oh, rewatching right. Parts Unknown, except now I'm in season 11 and it got so political. Every single episode is really making a statement. So it's not. It's not fall asleep material anymore. <laughs> so, so then I moved to, uh, this show, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What is that? It's, uh, this w- awesome cook. Um, I think it's pronounced Nam Pen. Um, forgive me. He's Korean. And I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just watch the show all the time and he doesn't say his own name. <laughs> So, okay. so, um, but it's on Netflix. It's called Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner. And he's, he's in some ways, um, in some ways, it's a little bit like, a newer a new Anthony Bourdain only or only it's not because Anthony was an original so it's it's him going to exotic places and eating but it's with a famous person mm. so this last one I watched which I think is only like episode three or something is Kate McKinnon from San Ana oh, and I know you love her yeah. and so that's why I want to mention it and I just finished watching that episode and uh, it was really great you get to see her you see her as her and how goofy she is mm-hmm. But it's just her being a normal person. Yeah. But you see all of her affect and where that all that stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the energy from it. So I was watching that. But uh, uh right. What else? What are? We, what else are we doing? Uh, back to work on a Monday after Thanksgiving weekend is really.
1: I worked Friday and Saturday partial days, so to me it was just a Monday. But it does feel different when people are coming back from that. I had to call some people and go, "Um, "Are you coming? (laughs) Oh shit, I'll be there in five minutes." I'm like, "It's okay, you're always punctual." Yeah, I said to a client today, "Go, you're always punctual, and it's only been a few minutes, but
0: uh, I figured." And she goes, "I'll be right there because you're always here on time. So if you were late, I know you were forgot or something." Yeah, Uh, I have (laughs) a
1: so. You know, those of you who listen regularly know that I, I teach grad school over at SC, and I have um, interviews for the new cohort coming Ooh. in, so I'm, I'm going on Wednesday morning. What to, will that look like? Um, i this is the second or third time I've done the interviews for the cohorts. Um, I like it. I think it's one. It I get a uh, I get to play a role in sort of handpicking who I'll yeah. be teaching. Mm-hmm. You get to sort of see what's out there and. <laughs> um, it's always interesting. You know, you get people who are really great. You get people who are great, but not ready. And you get people who are terrible. Uh, you just get the, <laughs> Why do you want to be a therapist? You know? Um, right. So but what, what I see a lot of though, and what I, what I try to help people do throughout um, interviews is reassure them that We're not looking for a perfect therapist because you're not supposed to be that, nor is there anything, there's no such thing. But I try to get people to open up about who they are personally. Uh, You know, why do, not only um, do you, is it, Why do you want to be a therapist? Why do you want this program? And what is it about you that wants us to have you? Mm -hmm. You know, we have to be with you for two years. So you have a 4.2. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, So does the rest of everyone who's under the age of 24 at this point, because that's where we're going in this world is everything's about your GPA. Mm -hmm. I want to know who you are. Are you personable? Do, Do you fit? We're a very social justice oriented program. So it's always really interesting and fun to meet
0: people who are just like hungry to get in and. Well, and and I think I mean I do a lot of interviews at work. Obviously, not for a school program, so that's a different kind of interview. But it's like I think what I what I've gathered from doing interviews for job jobs over the last couple of years is that people are often really used to sort of hiding who they are Mm -hmm. and learning how to answer questions. Like what's your, what's a weakness? And then they say, I just like people too much. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, so I am always the one in the room. We do, um, panel interviews. So I, I don't interview people in a vacuum. I don't, am not by myself. Mm -hmm. I'm with, um, my program manager. I have one person with me too. And the other clinical supervisor and we rotate questions and I Mm -hmm. am, oh, and we, there's a kind of, there's a list of questions that we can go by, Mm -hmm. but we always go off script because we're a bunch of rebels. But, um, I am always the person that asks, um, what do you feel like you need to work on? Yep. And I also ask, uh, what do you want in a supervisor? And what kind of supervisor would not work for you?
1: I asked that question too. And I think yeah. it's important to see like, are people, are people able, willing. first willing <laughs> yeah. and able to articulate what, what they need? one, need for personal growth, but mm-hmm. two, what they're looking for mm-hmm. and reminding them that this is also them interviewing us. Mm-hmm. Like, is are you sure this is the right program for you?
0: Right. Yeah. And like, ha- we always leave a point where it's like, do you have questions for us? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the questions they have are always... An assessment, yeah. <laughs> an assessment tool too. And yeah, it's not to say we're not judging you because we are. That's what these, that's what interviews are, is a system by which we judge each other as to whether or not it's a good fit.
1: I just, I think um, for those of you listening or maybe thinking about, you know, going into a graduate program in psychology, insight, mm-hmm. have insight into who you are, what you want, where um, areas of strengths, areas of where you still need to grow and want to grow. Cause you know what, if we assume that based on your answers that you think you're all grown up, um, you're, we, you're not going to, it's just not going to work. Well,
0: the only thing we are left to think with that is that you are delusional <laughs> and that you aren't flexible and learning, you know, we've had a couple slip through the cracks too, where it's like, some people know, interview
1: in, really well <laughs> in past years. And then you, you get them in the cohort and like, wow, you just, already think you know everything i always tell people on the first day i'm the first one of the first classes that they they get law and ethics which is a a pretty dense class and i always tell them the first day this is where you leave your ego at the door yeah you gotta leave your ego at the door this is your time to to grow and especially if you're going to become a therapist learning how to learn from others and constantly grow we are never we never um, peak in this industry. And if we think we have, we've really, we're missed the mark. We've missed the mark.
0: Well, and I think it's a very difficult thing for people to leave their ego at the door because one of the things that came to mind when you said that is I think one of the personal or internal struggles that happens is we think that the external world is there especially in school programs is to make us feel safe Mm -hmm. but unfortunately it's not Mm -hmm. we have to learn how to feel safe internally and be vulnerable whether the external environment is safe or not right so whether or not you feel safe with your 20 30 people in your cohort or not, is not indicative of the re- of the like, okay, then I will be, I will leave my ego at the door and ask stupid questions. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? Not everybody's gonna feel safe in the room and mm-hmm. you still have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so, an in, so what I'm describing is not something everyone has or has even thought about ever before, is having an internal sense of safety. How do we feel safe in the world and so and so many people in our industry come into our industry with lots of wounds, of course, and varying degrees of wounds. And so if you've experienced a ton of trauma, if you have um, a lot of difficult things in your history, it's very difficult to feel safe in a room that you think externally should take care of you and doesn't, yeah. and to have an internal sense of safety to be able to. But guess what? That is what is required to be... Um, a pretty good therapist. I think uh, our program director, she does an awesome job at,
1: um, you know, when students go to her, the majority of the time, I mean, nobody's perfect. There have right. been times where I'm like, oh, uh, maybe you should have answered that way. But <laughs> most of the time, I think um, she does this really good balance of like, <laughs> Helping, and I, I, I say this to students all the time too, go to the source, try talking to that person first before getting us to fix it. Sure, um sure. You know, sometimes there there was something that happened over this last um, scheduling period where the students really got ripped off because they wanted to schedule for certain professors and the, the school um, manipulated the time wrong and, and that should have been fixed. That was out of our... Mm-hmm. Our uh, control, and she would have gone back and fixed it if she could because that was something that wasn't like learn to tolerate that. That was actually <laughs> really unfair because when you get to your second year and you're about to finish there's certain professors that you follow and you want to have and they mm-hmm. should have been all given that equal opportunity. So a mistake was happened. Mistake happened that mm-hmm. we couldn't correct but if it would have been in our hands we would have I, I guess I'm sharing this is there are times where it's okay to protect the students and validate them and be there for them and make things make that a safe environment but I think what you're speaking to is more of like the internal process of like mm-hmm. there are going to be times through, through the program where you're going to feel insecure you're going to feel unsure and working through that Without someone just solving that for you, I think is well,
0: and not shutting down is, and not, kind of and is not what I was down. talking about, yeah. yeah and mm-hmm. it's not, not sort of saying like, well, I don't feel safe, right? Because that's a that's that might be true, and we can talk about that and work through that, and I can mm-hmm. try to help you with that, but um. You feeling safe actually isn't anybody else's responsibility generally that's speaking. Right. It's not. It's actually your responsibility and it's your internal sense of safety. And you may not have one. And that's important for me to know. <laughs> not that you can't develop that. And, or- are, and are you willing to develop that without? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like someone coming into an interview and me saying, um, so what is it that you want to work on or something? I would literally fall down and have a heart attack if someone actually said to me you know what i have a I have a kind of a weak sense of um internal safety <laughs> i don't think they have that dialogue <laughs> at that point <laughs> i was just thinking like uh, you've got the, some high expectations first, no i'm saying yeah. i would fall down yeah. and die of a heart attack that's how but it, I, will, I would not be expecting i'll say it. this
1: though and you and i have talked about this there are a lot of people in our industry due to their own narcissism that wouldn't wouldn't like a response from a student like that. I know that. And so I think it is scary for people to, to be that because not everyone would be as
0: receptive to like, wow, that's insightful. Some people, people might go, I don't know if you're right. For well, you know what would happen? So don't say it in an interview if you don't want to, but yeah. if you, if it's true about you, say it and fuck them. But yeah. um, <laughs> uh, what happens, guess what? What happens is that you're interviewing with people who might not know what the hell you're talking about. So,
1: and is that the program then for you? It's
0: exactly. So if you've got a language where you want to be able to say, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on my emotional resiliency from clients, I tend to take on too much or whatever, whatever your answer is. Um, and you, you say that and you don't get the job or you don't get into the program, you know. To me, it's like, well, that wasn't the program for you. Sure, you got to go to a program that wants to hear emotional insight. <laughs>
1: you know, it's yeah. like, but you also might end up just with that interviewer who that's right doesn't. But the rest of the you know this, the the faculty is great. It's just a crapshoot, guys. Just yeah. be yourself. Yeah. That's all I'm ever looking for. Just be yourself. And if I don't like you, I won't take you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, so Machiavellian no pressure. I don't like you. You must go. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, there are times where I, I don't particularly like, you know, I'm like I'm not going to, I wouldn't really want to go to coffee with this person. However, it doesn't mean they wouldn't be a good therapist and it doesn't mean that
0: they shouldn't be in the program. I can, yeah, do, no. I, I
1: can separate that. Yeah, for yeah.
0: sure. And in, um, and when we interview for jobs in my department, it's, um, it I, I it's thought about liking or not liking it it I think it is important to be someone who's personable
1: oh my god in, <laughs> in this our field, profession. Please.
0: and so and so i'm gonna like people who are personable am I gonna hang out with them no we don't have anything in common but if you're personable and can have a conversation and have me like you in the 15 20 minutes 30 minutes sometimes 30 uh minutes i think that's actually important because in, in, my, in my department, you have to be able to walk into a family's living room and have them and build rapport and have them trust you. Oh, my God. So if you aren't the kind of person that can walk into an interview with three people and be yourself and build rapport and answer and ask questions and have somewhat of a little bit of a sense of humor, perhaps that always builds rapport, um, you know, have... What, like what Kathy said, the number one thing is like have some insight about yourself or about people or about life. And I interview a lot of paraprofessionals, people who are not licensed. Sometimes they want to seek licensure, but these are not people who necessarily want to be therapists, but they are working in a therapeutic way with families in the community and kids. So that's kind of a that for this, for my particular situation, that's like a bottom line. Like they have to be able to walk in the room and have us basically like them. Yeah. Um, and lots of people don't. That's the feeling yeah. that the client's going to get. Yeah. You have to walk into someone's freaking living room as a stranger yeah. and, and have them agree to have you in their home for about six months and help you. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. a big, kind of a big deal. Um, so over the weekend we got into, we got together, we get together about once a quarter specifically to talk tarot talk and um, we got together and scheduled out, what, January and February, and a little bit of March, actually. Of
1: March. I'm gone for half of March, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gone for part of January. I mean, we'll still have episodes, guys. Yeah, yeah. We just have to Pre- pre-record. Yes, we pre-record. All two of you out
1: there that went, <gasps> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I know all of you, actually. Your hearts <laughs> just drop.
0: Don't worry. <laughs>
1: we won't fail you yet. Wacko.
0: Yeah. We're not failing. Not at this moment. Anyway, we might be failing. You could see us as failures, but, <laughs> but but we feel like we're winning because we got together and scheduled out some episodes. Do you want to? I don't know. You want to give anybody a, a little? I don't know. Thought about what you think about the upcoming couple of months of shows, or I'm trying to I'm, me- I'm trying to remember what we scheduled. Well, that would
1: be helpful. Well, I mean, we talked about this on the Wednesday show, which is we are going to have um, a show where we we kind of bring to the table our favorite
0: mm, right. villains. Yeah, you mentioned so that. So this
1: mm-hmm. could this could be real life serial killers or characters from movies, but certain personas, personality types, mm-hmm. villains that we're kind of drawn to and
0: why. Yeah, like our favorite villains real or fictional. Yeah. So, so they can That's one of them. Mhm. And We don't care about the criteria. We're just gonna we're gonna talk bad guys. Oh, another thing I think we're gonna get into a little bit is some of the
1: um, controversial controversial um, psychology subjects. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm a little are. tired, so I'm dropping my words. So we're gonna <laughs> She's be slurring. we're gonna be talking about some of the stereotypes and generalizations around, uh, and truths around plastic surgery, mm-hmm. and uh, what was the other one? There was another one. Yeah.
0: So plastic surgery, um, human trafficking, Mm -hmm. um, uh, spiritual gurus. So the Bikram, uh, documentary came out and there's also like wild, wild country and yeah, there's some good stuff coming up. And then we have Ramirez and starting in
1: like mid February.
0: Right. And then on this show we are going to Watch uh, some horror movies and talk about them. Yes, so, we are. So we're not we're not abandoning horror films, lest you think we are. We just happen to program. Um, and I, you know what I'm thinking in this moment is that when we do the episodes, tell me <laughs> you're listening. When we do the episodes on the topics we were talking about, um, I I I. Th- What We'll do what we always do, which is we'll weave in media. So movies that are relevant, documentaries that are relevant, and we'll weave those in. So if we're talking about uh, plastic surgery and the psychology behind that and how it can get quite out of control, I mean, we live in Los Angeles, so we see this a lot. Uh, We'll weave in, uh, you know, there's a great Twilight Zone episode on – image and faces and looking different and what looking different is. And so we can weave that in. I mean, there's just stuff we can always weave in that are horror movies or regular movies or true crime and, and do what we always do, which is, is put that in the shows. We do. Yes, that's what we do. So we're pretty excited about it. I know that we're going to wrap up uh, Richard Kuklinski next week and then um, we're going to talk about uh, it, later in December. We're going to talk about The Devil Next Door, mm-hmm. that documentary. And then we're also going to talk about Unbelievable, which Kathy uh, obviously has just oh, yeah. watched. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that because uh, that and I'm going to read the book. It's ripped from, you know, true crime. It's, it's literally true crime. Yeah. And they just made a fictional documentary, a fictionalized documentary or miniseries, I guess they'd call it. Yeah, it was a miniseries. I'm going to read the book as I do and go from there. And then the top, there are top villains. I think it's like January 1st or something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was just yeah, feeling, the. Uh, I was just feeling the weight.
1: I don't have a lot of cushion on my backside and this, I got to get a cushion. I got to get chair. you a
0: cushion for that chair or you got to bring your own. I will. I can do that. You know, like if you don't want to donuts, so, non sequitur, we're sitting here and I've got my comfy desk chair and Kathy's in a... Like a 1980s wooden <laughs> kitchen chair. It's actually 1970s. 70s. But yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it is. Dining room, dining room kitchen chair that I brought in here. So. I feel my bones going. <laughs> I'm just trying to, it's like keeping you on the rack when we record. <laughs> i'm like just put her really uncomfortable over there i'm already so
1: fidgety but this like makes around me way fidgety because i gotta <laughs> switch from like the right cheek to the left because <laughs> your
0: butt is numb yeah it hurts okay so you've been doing this a while and you just thought now you need a cushion no,
1: i just felt like talking about it now
0: you want to talk about your butt
1: nope i'm done <laughs> okay we play with poop we talk about our We talk
0: about butts, we cuss, and we love you guys. Thanks for listening. This is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.